Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast. Uprising Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about Phoenix Rising Football Club. I'm your host, Jake Anderson. Today my guest is Phoenix Rising forward Santi Moore. Following last week's events in San Diego, I thought Santi would be a proper guest this week as he's most likely going to be starting in place of Junior Flemings, who is suspended for the rest of the season for the use of a homophobic slur on the pitch while playing Loyal SC on September 30th. Santi is also slated to be the starting left winger next year as well, as his contract goes through 2021, while Junior's expires on November 30th of 2020. Also before the San Diego event, there was no question that Junior Flemings was going to be MLS-bound or going to Europe in a promotion of leagues in his career development, but there's no telling really how that's going to affect him now. And when asked earlier this week about the intent of the club to re-sign Flemings in the offseason, general manager Bobby Dooley said that no decision had been made yet. So, without further ado, let me bring on Phoenix Rising's Santi Moore. Santi, how are you, man? Good to see you. How you been? How's it going, Jake? Santi, how are you, man? Good seeing you again. Very good. Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you? Uh, doing really well. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Yes. Here at the apartment. Taking some rest. Thanks uh, Thanks for joining me on uh, such, such short notice, I should say. Uh, no, no problem. No problem. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with, with you here. Okay. So, Santi, we are a few days ahead of the uh, the first playoff game. How are you feeling? I mean, feeling super excited. This is what we've been waiting for, obviously. Uh, uh, making the playoffs is something that we obviously wanted and worked for all the season. But right now is, is where the the important comes and, and the reality is that we want to win a trophy. And we need to perform good in this kind of uh, games. So... Uh, nothing that we did before matters at this point. It's just game time, and we gotta prove that we we are ready for the playoffs. So obviously, with Rick not being uh, with the club right now, what has training been like under Blair Gavin? I mean, it's, I think we kept the the same, you know, consistency because I mean, Blair is is it was one of the the coaching staff. Uh, until this point as well, so I mean, uh, nothing, nothing changed. Uh, just uh, you know, uh, Rick also give us a, a another type of leadership. Blair, you know, is is a different personality, and we are we are you know enjoying him as a head coach as well. So uh, nothing, nothing much changed, but we um, it's it's an important week for us. So that's that's the feeling for us as well that we need to to help him uh, as, a, as his new role and and hopefully get a win for the team would you say that it's i know it's only it's only been a week so it's kind of hard to really differentiate the two but in the last two months you guys have lost your manager rick shots and you've lost your number one assistant coach in in rambo as a player for this club what is that like seeing you know two coaches that you saw every day are now gone? Well, obviously, uh, when when Rambo left, uh, we also we all felt it, you know, because Rambo was, was such a leader on the team. And, and I think I remember we talked about this in a previous podcast. Uh, 
we also our our strength and conditioning coach Steve also left us because he had a he got a better opportunity in Florida and and we also you know miss him a lot because he's he was such a such a great professional and obviously now with with Rick uh, you know it seems that we are losing uh, pieces all together I mean we know Rick has been is is there for us still and you know uh, he's he's he didn't leave the organization so uh, he's still you know part of the coaching staff and and we feel it that way so you know uh, obviously it seems like a little empty right now the, the locker room but uh, uh, no we 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 know they are still there even Rambo uh, still in touch with us texting us and and congratulating us every time we get a result so he's still part of the coaching staff as well so yeah you you said on Saturday after the game that this was uh, you know, that was a match that you guys wanted to show the fire in Phoenix rising inside you guys and how it had been a down week and you wanted to come out and represent the club the way that it should be represented. What has been the message from from Blair or from Bobby, whoever, um, on down going forward? What has been that message mentally on how to basically, well, I don't want to say get past well, and move on last week, but but keep moving forward because it is the playoffs. Mm-hmm. One of the messages that you know our owner team, or uh, you know, he said right after the the facts, uh, with everything that happened with San Diego, is like, look, this the spotlight is on us right now, and it's it's on a negative way, but it's our opportunity to to use this to to also show the values of this club, uh, show what we are here for, and. You know, even though it's a tough situation, we can take it around and and use it in our advantage as well. You know, and even though it seems difficult to use a situation like this into our advantage, uh, I believe we can take positives out of this. You know, and I think what Bobby is, is t- telling us is what the you know, even Rick through through an email. I think we have to be more together than than ever before. You know, because right now we have a purpose, and that purpose is to to you know leave this this club. You know, the name of this club on a on a good uh, point. You know, so that's what we are fighting for at this point. Bringing up the being, you know, closer now than ever before, I think I actually noticed that on Saturday just watching you guys. You guys seem to have, if you could have gotten any closer, have gotten closer and have bonded even more. Is this is this something that you guys are all coming together over and, and you're just going to go out and, and give it everything you have to, to represent the, the crest on the front of your jersey? Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe. Uh... I feel like the whole rocker, locker room, if you know, felt everything that happened with Junior, every, felt everything that went around in social media, and in in a way, I think we, you know, we we wanna we wanna also prove people that we are not uh, bad people. We are not the bad guys. We we just wanna, you know, play game, play the game, and and do it as as in the best way as possible. So. In that way, we are a little together, you know. So obviously, 
you being the you know quote unquote next man up, you will be replacing Junior if I had to guess in all in all likelihood in the starting eleven. You are really coming into form as of right now. I mean, as you mentioned the last time we spoke on the podcast, it was you know right after the OC game, and you know you weren't at the top level that we have seen you playing at now. How important is it that you are? at the top of your game going into the playoffs, especially now that you're going to be called upon to start most likely? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, you know, uh, this uh, might give me a, a different opportunity, uh, but obviously not having Junior is also a, a big loss for us because we all know the, the great player that he is and and the, the, the great stats that he got this year. So I think having Junior and me both during the, the same season in, in Phoenix, I think it, it, it pushed him, it pushed me, you know, because for, for me to, to, be, uh, to be on the field, I had to, to bring my best as well. So that's why I think I'm on good shape right now at this moment. And it's basically because, because of the competition that we had with, with each other. And, and obviously, I mean, uh, super unfortunate what, what happened to him. And I fully support him as well. And, you know, because we all we all made mistakes in, you know, as as players. I did make a mistake earlier this season, and you know, we all, uh, we all, you know. I I feel for him. I also feel for for what happened to to Colin, and I I don't want to imagine what what's been what's that like. But at the same time, I I support my my teammate because I I really know his personality, his character and and I, you know, I entirely believe he is not a he's not a bad guy. Uh, but at this, at, right now, if I have to, you know, uh, take this opportunity, is I also want to do my best and and help him get a title because at the end of the day he's he's part of the group. He's been part of the group for the entire season and if he's not on the field, uh, it's me and and hopefully we'll 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 get keep winning. So yesterday we saw the announcement from USL that Junior did get the golden boot. We also saw that Solo was given the second consecutive assist champion, and that's never been done before in the league. Can you talk a bit a bit about, about the guy who's gonna be lining up from you on the other side of the pitch in Solo and just what he brings to the team? Obviously we know he's the captain when he does off the field, but from a, a football perspective on the pitch, what does he bring to the team that you are going to have to now help with in the playoffs? Mm. I mean, Solomon is, is amazing. Uh, and today we were telling him, hey, congrats for, for winning that. And he was still not content. You know, he wasn't that happy. He said, look, uh, this season is a little crazy. And probably nine assists is not enough for him. <laughs> and I agree. No, I agree. He's he's such a competitive. He's such a competitor. He's such a a great uh, player. That I don't know. There's a lot of things in store for him, and hopefully he can we you know he can bring it uh, in these uh, games during the playoffs. So it's it's amazing that he that we were talking me and and Farrell yesterday that how amazing it is to to win it back to back. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So very happy for him. It's funny that you mentioned him saying nine isn't enough because if you guys were to have played a full season and he would have 
ended up doing what he did in the 16 games. Well, he didn't even play in every game. If he would have, you know, averaged it out, he would have broken his assist record again. So I now turn that to you. You weren't that far behind uh, solo for assists. You had five, which was tied for six in the league, tied for third in the conference. What's the best part of your game? Would you say it's your passing, your dribbling, your shooting? I mean, everything seems to be working right now. Having players like Rufat and Junior that can score anything that you play, <laughs> play to, <laughs> that's, the, that's the easiest thing, you know? But I don't know. I don't know. I said this before. Playing in this, in this team, obviously, the offensive players will have more chances to, to put stats on their name. Uh, just because the amount of goals we scored as a team. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Take me back to when you, you were one-on-one with the goalkeeper and you had Rufat to your left and uh, you elected to not shoot. You elected to pass. Can you, can you take me through that decision on, on why you chose to pass? And I'm not criticizing. I'm just, I just would like to know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I, I saw myself very, very open and, and I saw him as well running with me. So I, I thought the easiest way to get the goal was to pass it to him and, and he would score. So I didn't think about that much. I just saw him wide open and decided to to give it to him. Then the, the next day against San Diego, he 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 did the same thing with me. He he passed it across, and unfortunately the goalkeeper did a great save. But you know it's it's all about seeing who's open and who's got who's got a better opportunity to score at the specific moment. Yeah, you guys up front in, the, in your final three have been nothing but unselfish this year, and it's it's the reason why you guys led the league in goals. Um, looking forward to the playoffs as a whole, um, I know you guys are very one game at a time, but Reno would be the only team you'd have to travel to. So theoretically, you could be playing the USL Championship final here at Casino Arizona Field. Has there been any discussion about that as a team saying, hey, like we have a chance to do what we couldn't do last year. Obviously, you weren't on the team last year, but has anyone said that, talked about that at all? Uh, not at all. I mean, Blair, I think Blair said it the first day after LA, the, the result against LA. He said, it's only one more week of football. And, and that's the reality. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in three weeks or four weeks. We only know what we can do this, this Saturday. And obviously, it would be ideal to host a final. but. That's, that's, we need to get three good results to, to get to that final before that. So let's see, let's see what happens. We'll definitely push for, for that to happen, but we can only control what can happen on, on Saturday against Sacramento. Okay, this question is kind of a two-parter. I don't want to jinx it for you guys, but ever since this team became Phoenix Rising, it has been in a penalty shootout each and every year and it only has won one time. Uh, one of those defeats was actually to you guys. I'm not sure. This is the first part of the question. Were you part of the penalty shootout for the Open Cup when it was here in 2019? Yeah, I was. I was. Did, and did you take a shot? I did. Did you convert? I did. Okay, so my next question, obviously, as you could tell, are you going to be raising your hand to step up should you guys have to go to penalties in the playoffs? I mean, definitely. We, we've been working on that because that's a possibility. That, uh, but whoever feels comfortable uh, in the penalty shootouts, I think, should step up. And I think we are all prepared to, to take a penalty under pressure. And, and you know, uh, hopefully we don't get to that point and we 
come finish the game in 90 minutes and, and, and get the win. But if we have to, you know, go to overtime and then PKs, I think the, the players will be ready. And I'll definitely, you know, believe in myself to, to convert the PK. So, obviously, with 2020 being such a different formatted year for the league, this is going to be the first time that you face a, an opponent in the first round of the playoffs that you haven't played all year. Usually you will have played them at least twice. What is it like playing a team in Sacramento that you haven't seen at all this year? Uh, what are you expecting to see from them? Well, they, they still kept a lot of the players that had last year. Uh, so we, we, we know them. I know them from my time in New Mexico. I think the rest of the players know them from playing against each other last year. So, so obviously this was a week a little more intense with video and, you know, scouting. But at the end of the day, it's going to be another another match and we also need to focus on ourselves and, and, and the things that we can do to, to beat any opponent. So hopefully we, we can use that to, into our advantage. So not all teams, obviously. Reno is a good example. But some teams tend to come into Phoenix and they like to park the bus and just defend in lines and basically try to make it nil-nil, maybe try to beat you guys over the top or hit you on the counter. Do you expect that to see that from Sacramento, A, and then B, do you expect that to see – do you expect to see that throughout the playoffs? Uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, Sacramento could do that. They they have a solid, uh, you know, usually back four. Uh, but they also have very, uh, very strong attackers, you know. They have uh, also four attackers that – will go and and go out and atta- and try to to get us in the counter. So you know we we definitely prepare for for different situations in the game uh, preparing like w- whatever can can happen. All right, Sati. And then my last question is more so looking forward to 2021. Uh before everything in the past week happened. I think it was pretty safe to say that junior was going to be leaving for, you know, a a better opportunity in a, in a higher level league and that you were going to be uh, the team's left winger going forward. You kind of have that opportunity to cement yourself there a little earlier because the postseason. in terms of the opportunity that you have uh, at hand right now, how important is it? How important is it to you to, to end this season in the same form that you ended the regular season? Um, especially going into next year, assuming you're going to be the starting left winger. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's massive. It's massive. Uh, I really need to use this opportunity and hopefully it's not only one game, it's four games. So I can get even more confidence on the team and and going going forward into 2021. So yeah, it's, it's, it's massive it's for me to, to prove uh, not, in, not only myself, but the coaches and, and the, the fans. Uh, it's also it's always a great opportunity when you have games and especially in in postseason. So yeah, massive. <laughs> and then just a quick follow up to that, we saw you know, Ansu Kane come on on Saturday. He's only 14 years of age. He ended up playing on that left wing spot. So he looks like he might be your backup if Joey Kalistri is is not your backup going into next year. Can you just talk about Ansu in training? I mean, I. We only got to see him play for a few minutes, but what what is it like mm-hmm. having a fourteen year old in training with you guys? 
who well, obviously Anzo, can play. Anzo has a lot, a lot of potential. He and he's only 14, as you said. So I think the coming into the pitch on Saturday was kind of like a reward uh, for him for everything that he has brought uh, during the season. Uh, but I think it's, it's safe to say that he is probably not ready yet to to be in this team. And I mean, he probably agreed with that. And he definitely needs to, to keep working and and keep doing good things and keep training with us on, on a good level. Uh, but I, I, I'm not sure if... Uh, I'm not sure what the coaches are thinking at this moment, but uh, I think we, are, we also have, the, you know, Calistri, Lagos, uh, you know, even Jose Aguinaga or, or John could be a, on, a, on a wing. So... I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You have to talk, ask, ask the coaches if, if he's the backup for me or, or somebody else. <laughs> well, if you guys are still uh, still in it after Saturday, I uh, I might might ask Blair that question next week. But Santi, I thank you very much for your time. Uh, good luck on Saturday. I will see you after the game Saturday night. Hopefully, you guys are advancing. Hopefully, hopefully we we'll see you with another. Well, it's not three points anymore. It's just advancing or, or going home so <laughs> hopefully exactly. yes hopefully yes and whether that's thank 90 you. minutes 120 minutes or penalties no problem whatever thank you takes. Santi whatever it takes bye all right Santi I'll see you and that's going to do it for this edition of the Uprising podcast Phoenix Rising's next match is Saturday at Casino Arizona Field against Group A runner-up Sacramento Republic FC in the Western Conference quarterfinal kickoff is set for 7 30 p.m. and you can catch all the action via audio stream on ArizonaSports.com and the Arizona Sports app. And should Phoenix advance to the Western Conference semifinals, Rising will play the winner of Reno 1868 and LA Galaxy 2. And because PRFC is the number two overall seed, Reno would be the only club Phoenix would have to travel to over the duration of the playoffs, which includes the USL Championship Final. For all things Phoenix Rising, be sure to head over to ArizonaSports.com, download the Arizona Sports app, and you can also follow me on Twitter at JWA1994. Until next time, ci vediamo, a dopo, ciao.